and it is a little grandiose and uh, like presumptive, right? Like who am I to even have these like lofty thoughts and or goals to have those, ha- you know, be able to impart that level of quote unquote wisdom. So you have that on one side juxtaposed with the understanding and knowledge of the fact that you shouldn't be taken seriously. You shouldn't have that ability bestowed on you. What you say, what you create isn't that ill, isn't that deep. And actually knowing that objectively, intellectually understanding that, but still striving for the former, I think is like the creative cognitive dissonance that goes on with most creatives. What up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to the Spun Today podcast, the only podcast that is anchored in writing, but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. This is episode 239 of the Spun Today podcast, and it's a free writing session episode. In this episode, I share my writing stats for June 2023. I give you an update on my upcoming short story collection and let you know how it continues to go with working with my editor. I also share a writing tip that I picked up along the way and tell you about what I've been reading. Lastly, I read and reflect on one of my own free writing session, one of my own free writing pieces, which can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash free writing. Stay tuned for all that good stuff. But first, I wanted to ask you, do you want to help support this podcast or you're enjoying the pod? If so, here is a great way that you can do just that. I appreciate each and every one of you for listening and your support definitely goes a long way. And after this quick intro drop, we'll jump right into the episode. If you're a fellow creative, a cool way that you can help support the Spun Today podcast and actually be part of the podcast is by filling out my five question questionnaire located at spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. Here you'll find five open questions related to your craft, your art, what inspires you to create, what type of unrelated hobbies you're into, and what motivates you to get your work done. You can choose to remain anonymous or plug your website and your work. And once you submit your questionnaire, I read your responses on a future episode of the Spun Today podcast. It's completely free at no cost to you. And what I like to say about it is that if your responses could potentially spark inspiration in someone else, why not share that? SpunToday.com forward slash questionnaire. My writing stats. For June 2023, I'm happy to report, I wrote 19 out of the 30 days of the month for a writing percentage of 63.3%. That's largely due to my focus on editing and revisions that I've been myopically focused on related to my short story collection, which has been my main focus to try and get out to you fine folks as initially intended. Now for July, I did not track anything at all. So I have this like habit tracker that I recreated a digital version for myself based on, based on, I believe James Clear's Atomic Habits notebook. I believe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where I had like the physical notebook and then got the idea from that to translate it to a digital 
version, like a pretty much Excel spreadsheet that that I can track and you know quantify certain habits more easily. And I have things on there, not just writing, but you know the day. That's why I keep track of days that I write and days that I've read. Um, certain supplements that I've taken, my sleep, you know, getting over seven hours of sleep and other habits that, that I want to track. And that rolls up into these, for example, stats that I share with you guys related to, to my writing. But for the month of July, I just completely checked out from all of it. Didn't track anything at all across the board. Initially due to just laziness, to be honest, like sometimes I'll go, you know, three, four or five days without tracking anything. And then I have to go back and backtrack. But this month, by the time I went back to it, it was like more than half the month. So I couldn't, there wasn't a clear way for me to go back and accurately backtrack. So just decided to phone it in for the month, take a month off and um, not track. So, yeah. I did, however, continue to focus on my aforementioned short story collection continuing to work through editing which uh is going great i got my i think i told you guys last time if i had it by then but i got the i submitted my first round of edits back to my editor i got her second round back based on that first round uh, of updates and i'm working through the second round of updates which is supposed to be the last one if not it should be a very quick turnaround for for the third round uh, but i was also finalizing my cover design which I am glad to say is completely locked in. I have all the different file formats that I need, including for the paperback version, the hardcover version, spec'd out to the size of those books that I'm choosing, as well as the digital ebook version of the cover. And I always ask for, uh, which is a pro tip, I guess, that definitely comes in handy for me. Um, and some designers provide it on their own anyway but just adds up for anyone interested you know ask for things like uh for them to give you a square version of the cover that you can use for social media posts um also like a youtube banner version of it uh transparency version of it if applicable etc just to give you yourself some some more flexibility down the line so i got all that locked in very excited for you guys to see it now, in terms of an actual release date, I'm still ironing that out. I know initially I completely underestimated the the editing process, as I've told you guys in the past. And, you know, being uh, just out of pure naivete, as they say, uh, being that I had never gone through the editing process myself. And I thought it was just going to be a quick, you know, couple emails back and forth. Boom, boom, boom. And I'd be good to go from there. Uh, but clearly that was not the case. And it's definitely been an enriching experience, uh, a learning curve on my end, but something that definitely has, I feel, elevated my writing and also has given me insights that I just didn't have before into the editing process, which again adds another layer of polish and credibility, I feel, to my own content and writing. So it's definitely been great. I just, again, underestimated it not knowing how it would go and thought I would release the book in Q1. Um, once I realized that wasn't the case, I pushed it to Q2, which I'm obviously up against right now uh, and clearly not going to make. But I think now at this point, I can confidently say within Q3 for sure. And I'm going to try to push for within the next month or so, just because ed editing is coming to an end. And the next phases uh, from there 
which I'm more familiar with because I've done it before, would just be the formatting and designing within the output versions themselves, like the paperback, the hardcover, digital, etc. And then the actual rollout and promotion of the book, which the last couple of times for, for my first two books was pretty non-existent. Like I did some rollout related promotion, maybe after the fact, after, you know, it, it was published. I know the professional or a professional approach to, or not even professional, that's the wrong word, a traditional approach to publishing would be to set up pre-sales weeks in advance, try to get some customer reviews as well as professional reviews that you could use for printing on the like the back cover, for example, before the book is officially released, et cetera, et cetera, which I may want to work towards eventually with, you know, subsequent uh, publishings of, of other of other books, like a more formal rollout plan. But I'm definitely not going to hold up the release of this book for those purposes. But we'll do, you know, something in between, between what I've done in the past, which was just, you know, format everything and publish and just blast on social medias and stuff like that. And on the other end of the spectrum, the, you know, weeks long rollout with pre-sales and discounted pricing and stuff like that. So I'm definitely going to do something, something in between this time. But again, nothing that's going to hold things up much. So definitely look out for that. Oh, one update that I will share as well is that I was calling it a short story anthology before just because I thought the word anthology sounded cool. But in working with my editor, I found and learned that you call it a short story anthology when it's a, a bunch of short stories written by different authors. But when it's a bunch of short stories written by one author, it's called a short story collection. So that said, stay tuned for Melted Cold, a short story collection coming soon. Now, the writing tip I wanted to share with you guys today comes from one of my favorites, K.M. Wyland. This is from her Creating Stunning Character Arcs blog series. I think I've shared a, a previous part of the series in the past as a previous writing tip. The one for this episode is her part three version, which I will link to in the episode notes if anybody wants to dig deeper and, and read into it, which I highly recommend full of a lot of writing insights and and tips but the ones i want to hone in on and share with you guys are related to what your character wants versus what your character needs what your character wants the first intersection of character arc and plot is found in the protagonist's goal what does he want what's his major story goal world domination a wife to survive to die to get a raise Every story starts with the character's goal. Simple enough, right? But that's just the plot. What about the character? That, my friends, is where this gets interesting. It isn't enough for us to create a story goal that's just a surface goal. To intertwine with the character arc, this goal has to be something that matters to the character on a deeper level. He can't just want world domination and or a wife because, hey, who doesn't? He has to want it for a soul deep reason, one he may even not fully comprehend. If you guessed that the lie is at the root of that soul deep reason, then you guessed right. If only on a subconscious level, the character realizes he has a problem in his life. His problems may be evident in his miserable standard of living, or his problem may be an inner discontentment that manifests even in the midst of seemingly perfect external life. 
But what he doesn't realize subconsciously or otherwise is the true solution, the thing he needs. Nope. He thinks that if he can just have what he wants, all will be well. And then here in this next section, she follows up with, with a few examples. So let's read on. What is the thing your character wants? The thing your character wants will almost always be something external, something physical. He's trying to solve his inner emptiness with exterior solutions. His problem is depression, but he's busily putting a cast on his arm. He thinks that if he can just have that new job, that new trophy wife, that new set of golf clubs, everything will be perfect. He'll be rich, powerful, loved, respected, and fulfilled. Here we are dissing the thing your character wants, but really it may be perfectly it may be a perfectly worthy goal in its own right. He might want to be king, for example, Thor, study dinosaur bones in peace, for example, Jurassic Park, or be Andy's favorite toy, for example, Toy Story, or gain enough money to be independent and happy, for example, Three Kings. Nothing wrong with any of those. But the problem for these characters is that they're pursuing goals that are furthering their enslavement to their lies. They're not pursuing happiness and fulfillment holistically by addressing the lie. Rather, they're trying to get what they want in spite of their refusal to buck up and look deep into the darkness of their own souls. Now, to contrast everything that she just laid out there under what your character wants section, let's read on to the what your character needs section. And that'll wrap up the, the writing tip for this episode. What your character needs. In a word, the thing your character needs is the truth. He needs the personalized antidote to his lie. This is the most important thing in his life. If he misses out on this truth, he is never going to be able to grow in a positive way. He's either going to remain stuck in his current internal predicament forever, or he's going to digress into an even worse state. Your character will spend most of the story pursuing his outer goal, the thing he wants. But what the story is really about on a deeper level is his growth into a place where he first subconsciously then consciously recognizes and pursues his inner goal, the thing he needs. The thing your character needs usually won't be something physical, although it can take on a physical or visual manifestation by the end of the story. The thing your character needs is usually going to be nothing more than a realization. In some stories, this realization may change nothing about his external life, but it always transforms his perspective of himself and the world around him, leaving him more capable of coping with his remaining external problems. The thing your character needs may preclude the thing he wants. He will invariably have to come to a point where he's willing to sacrifice what he wants in order to secure what he needs. Sometimes the story will have to end on a bittersweet note of interior gain and exterior loss. But other times, once the character has embraced the thing he needs, he will then be able to be all the more empowered in his pursuit of what he wants, allowing him to harmonize both his inner and outer goals in the finale. And to contrast the examples from what the character wants, Here's from those same stories what the character needs. Learn humility and compassion for Thor. That's what he needs. Versus being king, which is what he wanted. Protect the living future over the dead past. 
which is what's needed in Jurassic Park, versus the wants of studying dinosaur bones in peace. To be able to share Andy's love is the need in Toy Story for Woody, versus the want of being Andy's favorite toy. And lastly, from the Three Kings movie example, find the cause worth fighting for, which is the realized need versus the initial want of gain enough money to be independent and happy. And that, folks, is the writing tip that I wanted to share with you all today, which is from a post titled Creating Stunning Character Arcs Part 3, The Thing Your Character Wants versus The Thing Your Character Needs by K.M. Wyland. And I'll link to it in the episode notes for you all to reference. I have been reading, yep, you guessed it, another memoir. This one is I'd Like to Play Alone, Please by Tom Segura. I've been a fan of Tom Segura's for years, both his stand-up as well as his podcasting. And I featured him actually in one of my previous episodes in the Goats Doing Goat Shit section and highlighted he and his wife's $10 million, if I remember correctly, podcast deal with Stitcher Sirius. So I was definitely looking forward to this read. But before I get into sharing some of my favorite excerpts and, and clips from it, here is the official synopsis. I'd like to play alone, please. Essays by Tom Segura. It became a number two New York Times bestseller. And as the description states, from a massively successful stand-up comedian and co-host of chart-topping podcasts, Two Bears, One Cave, and Your Mom's House, hilarious real-life stories of parenting, celebrity encounters, youthful mistakes, misanthropy, the fuck is that? And much more. <laughs> misanthropy is a dislike of humankind. FYI, if you didn't know as well. And actually stay tuned to see that word featured as the word of the day in the Spun Today newsletter, which you can subscribe to for free at spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe. Continuing on with the synopsis here. Tom Segura is known for his twisted takes and irreverent comedic voice. But after a few years of crazy tours and churning out podcasts weekly, all while parenting two young children, he desperately needs a second to himself. It's not that he hates his friends and family. He's not a monster. He's just beat. Which is why his son's ruthless first full sentence, I'd like to play alone, please, has since become his mantra. In this collection of stories, Tom combines his signature curmudgeonly humor with a revealing look at some of the ridiculous situations that shaped him and the ludicrous characters who always seem to seek him out. The stories feature hilarious anecdotes about Tom's time on the road, including some surreal encounters with celebrities at airports, his unfiltered South American family, the trials and tribulations of parenting young children with bizarrely morbid interests, and perhaps most memorably, experiences with his dad, who, like any good baby boomer father, loves to talk about his bowel movements and share graphic Vietnam stories at inappropriate moments. All of this is enough to make anyone want peace and quiet. I'd like to play alone, please. We'll have readers laughing out loud and nodding in agreement. I could definitely co-sign that. With Segura's message. In a world where everyone is increasingly insane, sometimes you just need to be alone. And as we like to do here on the Spun Today podcast, wanted to highlight and shout out all writers and authors. So shout out to Tom Segura for 
putting out this book of work. Now to set the stage for Tom's style of comedy and calibrate you all, my dear Spontaday listeners, into being in the same wavelength of this book, I wanted to play this short minute some odd clip from the beginning of Tom's book. A note from the author. When Jeffrey Epstein called me in the summer of 2013, I didn't know what to make of it. We had spent time together in Paris the prior spring. Kidding! Just checking that you're actually listening to this. No, but seriously, this book is intended to reframe the human experience. For Stephen Hawking's A Brief History of Time Fell Short, this book, quite simply, delivers. You're about to hear a remarkable piece of work. Not a single other person on this planet could do this because I have a unique set of skills. Those skills are, but not limited to, a fair but not superb grasp of the English language. I speak it fluently, but I'm not aware of a single grammatical rule. I graduated high school with a 2.1 GPA. It's the point one I want you to focus on. It really highlights the fighter in me. I could have sunk, but I knew to come up for air and get that point one in my pocket. I'm also, depending on who you ask, very funny or not funny at all. Listening to the audio will help you decide. I underwent three major operations during the writing of this book. Four, if you count the vasectomy. Major, because my balls are. The important thing to remember is this. This is nonfiction. I didn't make any of it up. I also didn't change anyone's name to protect them. I did the opposite. If I have a photo of them, it's in here. I'm serious. Check your PDF. There are photos. One other thing. Are the Taliban really that bad? Seems like they're a bunch of hotheads, but mostly the kind of guys you want to have a beer with. So that's what you're in for, folks. So I definitely enjoyed this read. A couple of unique things just from a creative perspective that that I liked is that he definitely spoke about stories, some stories that I've heard before, like on either on stage uh, through his comedy or on one of the podcasts. But here in this format, he's able to go much deeper into those stories. So that was definitely a treat and fun for a fan like me. And another thing that I'll highlight that was great was the fact that like you mentioned in that intro clip the audiobook itself does come with an accompanying pdf and a lot of the stories if not all the stories that he references throughout that have to do with like his celebrity encounters in the airport he has the actual like photos of those incidences and some of the stories you hear them and they sound like so outlandish and then you see the photo and you're like oh shit he's telling the fucking truth so that's pretty cool and i like how throughout the story so he he like weaves in stories about his family and parenting and his childhood and school and stuff like that and almost as a segue between different stories he sprinkles in these celebrity encounters that he frequently has at airports while you know he's a touring comic and before he intros each of those airport specific stories he does like a a kind of like pilot voice over the intercom type of intro into each of those stories so that was pretty cool too Now, you know how this goes. I'm going to share some excerpts and clips that I enjoyed in no particular order, just things that resonated to me while I was listening to the story. First of which is him speaking about being blessed by God and how God loves him because he gave him blue eyes, blue the cover, the color of the heavens above. And then he says, you who are probably reading this probably have brown eyes, which I do. And he referred to them as those turd colored eyes. (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was hilarious. Here's a clip of him describing why he needs space from time to time, which definitely resonated with me. 
It's very similar to how I feel at times. I love to play alone. I would take it further and say that I need to be alone. Not all the time, of course. I'm not a recluse. I actually love being around people until I don't. The perfect social setting for me is being surrounded by people I care about and love and not too many of them. I love a small hang, but I have to be able to say I got to go sometimes without warning when I need some time to myself. It's just the way I am. Luckily for me, I have built this ecosystem around myself that supports this. All my good friends know that every once in a while, I'm going to need to go do some shit by myself and it doesn't mean I don't love them. Some days I don't want to see anyone and I savor the time to just exist. I don't want you to think I'm building bombs in a cabin with no power. I don't like being that alone. I just like some space from time to time. My parents know it, my siblings know it, my wife knows it, and now you know it too. We can definitely be friends, but when I need some space, you're going to have to give it to me. If you don't, then, you know, we're not going to be friends. It's nothing new. When I was a kid, I could occupy myself for hours simply by playing with cars. I could definitely relate to that. In one of like the parenting sections, he's speaking to how his parents would always tell tell them or that parents usually say, you know, they love their children equally. And he was like, generally, that's true. But in the moment, I usually like the one that's not complaining and whining as much as the other. But even that feels temporary. But the way he highlights the his children's uh, personalities and, and demeanor reminded me of my own in how different they are from each other personality-wise. And pretty on par with these these same description of his oldest versus his youngest. I have two sons. I adore them both equally. As of this recording, my oldest boy, Ellis, just turned six. My youngest, Julian, is three. They couldn't be more different. I'll begin with demeanor. The three-year-old is easygoing. He laughs a lot and listens when you say something twice. Ellis doesn't really play that shit. He wants what he wants, and fuck you if you don't go along with him. I thought it was our parenting or discipline, but then I realized that's just him. The modern, evolved parent would say he's decisive or even stubborn. But I'll be honest, he's kind of a dick. That isn't to say that he's not a sweet boy, because he is. He can be. He can also be a real dick. At least he's funny. He's really into snakes right now. That's something an interesting distinction there, but it's so true. Like children are, you know, you think same household, same parents, same DNA, like mixture, but personality wise, they really are completely different out of the box. Something I didn't know about Tom is that when he was starting out as a comic and putting out his first piece of work, his first comedy album, which back then was just like an audio album, I believe he shopped it around, if I remember correctly, and couldn't sell it. So he decided to put it out himself. Or maybe the offers that he got for it were just like such shit money that he decided to self-publish, you know, put it out himself. And he used a platform called CD Baby, which I know of because I follow Derek Sivers, which is the creator of that platform. And Derek Sivers is a writer. Uh, I've heard him on Tim Ferriss' podcast and I read a bunch of his stuff, subscribe to one of his newsletters. Really interesting guy and very into the whole self-publishing, self-ownership movement, if you will. And back in the day, he created this platform, CD Baby, that he wound up selling for millions. Uh, But he created the platform to have a place to put out 
his own music so that people can uh, download it and consume it. And I think he set it up initially as like a donation platform, like people could donate whatever they wanted. Um, and then he wound up opening it up so that other artists can do the same. So they maintain like the lion's share of ownership. I, I forget exactly what the numbers were, but I actually, I think it's a hundred percent ownership. They retain a hundred percent ownership and just pay like an upload fee as opposed to, you know, traditional deals, which would be the other way around. Like they'll pay the artist and they'll keep ownership of like the masters and everything. Um, but CD pay B was the other way around. And again, he wound up selling that platform for millions. Tom Segura stumbled upon that site and decided to put out his own uh, his comedy album there. And he wound up earning enough money to move and to pay his bills from his comedy, which was the first time that he was able to do that at all. So I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, he told this crazy story uh, back in the day when he was uh, he got into like a not a community college, but some like division D level. I don't even know how, how it works in college in terms of college football, but he had these delusions of playing for, uh, you know, division one, division A, whatever you call it, top college school on a co uh, football scholarship that definitely didn't happen and uh, and didn't have the grades to to get into uh, even like a regular school. So he wound up going to a school that barely had a team. And then by the time he actually registered and started going to school, they didn't have a team <laughs> or they did away with that program because they had like one coach and like two players or so, some crazy shit like that. Um, but anyway, in college, he speaks about how he was like, you know, really heavy set. And Tom Segura, even in the beginning of his comedy career, like he he was like a heavy set guy. If you guys watch his first Netflix comedy special, uh, you'll see that and then see his transition physically till now where he's fit and shape and about that fitness life. But in college, he tells this story of how he got addicted to something called GHB, which was some sort of like liquid drug. And one day at a party, he wound up, you know, he was drinking alcohol. He did E, he was drinking this GHB stuff and he wound up ODing and literally passing out and waking up in the hospital. And when he did, wake up while his like stomach was being pumped or, or something like that the nurses asked him to to write down on a pad they gave him a pad and paper to write down what it was that he consumed what did he take so they can try to you know counteract it or whatever and his parents are in the room you know nurses doctors you know working on him trying to figure out what's going on and he wrote down heroin and then showed them the paper and they all like like gasped he said <laughs> and then under that he wrote kidding <laughs> which just speaks to his comedic nature, you know? Then after that whole ordeal, he got better or whatever. And he wound up asking the doctor why it was that he thought he survived. Cause the doctor said, you consume so much shit. And that, that what you were drinking that you thought was GHB really wasn't. And it was just like laced with crack and meth and a bunch of, you know, cut up with a bunch of bullshit and you shouldn't be alive. So he asked him why he thought he was alive. And he said that the doctor responded 250 pounds. That's a lot. Sometimes it's good to be fat. <laughs> he has great stories, like I said, about meeting uh, different celebrities on planes and like winding up, like sitting next to them. Uh, Chris Tucker's one. He has a cool Joe Scott story. A couple of them. Uh, Big Daddy Kane, Mike Tyson. So those were all cool. Some of which I've heard again, you know, through his stand-up and and a few others on podcasts. He told the cool story of Bruce Bruce, the comic. And this is when he was like a younger comic. 
when Tom was. And he says, you know, he looked up to, to Bruce Bruce, you know, being a more senior guy in the field. And that Bruce Bruce was a huge Andy Griffith fan. Like he loved Andy Griffith the show. Like he he would speak to him about like he knew the show titles, episode 259, the one where blah, 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 and would break down different episodes to him. And Tom Segura just like taken aback, like, what the fuck? That's like such a juxtaposition of what like what you expect. And what was cool is that this he describes this lady going up to Bruce Bruce while they're on the plane or like in the uh, about to board the plane or something like that. And she says that she's going to go buy some snacks and if he wants anything. And Bruce, Bruce Bruce just responds without skipping a beat, candy. And she was like, what kind of candy? And he goes, Twix, Skittles, shit like that. And she's like, okay. And she goes and buys it for him. And Tom thought that that was like his assistant or something like that. And Bruce Bruce was like, I don't know that bitch. Just uh, some fan. <laughs> but it was like so, so cool how like without skipping a beat, he just tells her, yeah, candy, Twix, Skittles, shit like that. That was funny. And lastly, I'll close with this. Tom's dad wound up dying after a long battle with cancer. He was re really uh, close with his dad. There's a lot of stories about his dad, like throughout the book as well. And his dad died after a long battle of cancer a few weeks after he submitted this manuscript. So not too long ago. And before dying, he told Tom, do you know what happens when you die? And Tom replied, what? And his dad said, life goes on. And that, folks, is my little recap and review of I'd Like to Play Alone, Please. Essays by Tom Segura. I'll link to it in the episode notes for you guys to check out. And I highly recommend. Now, the free writing piece that I'm going to share with you guys today is actually not on my website yet, but I will put it up there for you guys to read at your leisure. Honestly, I just flipped to a page, a random page in one of my notebooks. And this is the notebook where that I use for like the style of free writing within this one is that I take a quote that resonated with me for whatever reason from a podcast in this case, but it could be from a movie, a book, a TV show, etc. And then I free write to that piece, to that quote. And this one in particular is from the Lex Friedman podcast, episode 156, when he had Tim Dillon on. And Tim Dillon said, quote, illustrate larger truths about life with what you do. End quote. So I'll say that again. Illustrate larger truths about life with what you do. And then to that, I wrote, Tim said this about what he hopes he's doing as a comic while acknowledging a larger point of people shouldn't be taking him and other comics that seriously. Now, I get where he's coming from in terms of not wanting that level of responsibility thrust on him especially if it wasn't asked for. But I share Lex's view on why he and others do take comics so seriously. And I don't mean in a ultra PC cancel culture sort of way. I mean in a reverential sort of way. Looking to them for answers so far as there are any. Placing them on a pedestal. They are the front line. Last stronghold for freedom of speech and expression. They have an uncanny ability to perceive reality dissect it and present it to the rest of us in ways that relieve us of the veils we've wrapped around our own perceptions. It's my hope that through my own writing that I can someday emulate that ability to illustrate larger truths about life through my expressions. And I wrote that on Thursday, February 25th, 2021 
at 2.50 p.m. Damn, I actually like that piece. Doesn't even feel like I wrote that shit, to be honest. Um, yeah, and I think that's something, as a creative, I've, obviously I can only speak to myself, but it's a, a connection that I definitely notice and gravitate towards in other creatives, which is using your craft, your creative craft, your work, to illustrate, underline, highlight larger truths about life. And I don't mean that in a preachy way, but more so in a, this is what I see, this is how I synthesize and reconcile what I see going on around me when it comes to this specific type of situation. And here it is in the form of a story, in my case, or a painting, if that's what you're into, or a song, etc. Or in Tim Dillon's case, a comedy bit. And it is a little grandiose, uh, like presumptive, right? Like, who am I to even have these like lofty thoughts and or goals to have those, ha you know, be able to impart that level of quote unquote wisdom. So you have that on one side juxtaposed with the understanding and knowledge of the fact that you shouldn't be taken seriously. You shouldn't have that ability bestowed on you. What you say, what you create isn't that ill, isn't that deep. And actually knowing that objectively, intellectually understanding that, but still striving for the former. I think is like the creative cognitive dissonance that goes on with most creatives. But yeah, check that free writing session or free writing piece rather. Check it out when I post it on my website at sponsorate.com forward slash free writing. And there's a ton of others there that you guys can read through if you so choose. And that folks was episode 239 of the Spun Today podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I definitely did, but clearly I'm biased. And I like it for different reasons than I would imagine you guys like it. For me, it's cathartic, like getting my thoughts out this way through this medium. And I share it with the hopes that somebody out there listening would get something from it, whether it's a writing tip or entertainment or just some food for thought. And with that said, please stick around for another minute or two to listen to a few ways that you can help support this podcast. Your support means a ton. It helps me keep the lights on and motivates me to continue putting out more content. So thank you very much in advance and I'll check you guys out next time. Peace. What's up folks, Tony here. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I enjoy producing it for you. Here are a few quick ways that you can help support this show. You can support the Spun Today podcast by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support. There you'll find my merch section where you can cop the iconic podcasts vs. anybody t-shirt in a wide variety of different colors and all different sizes. Also, if you're into cycling, you can cop the super soft, comfortable, minimalist design Spun Today Bike Club t-shirt. Also available in a bunch of different colors in all different sizes. There are a few other designs of different types of t-shirts. Definitely go there and check it out. SpunToday.com forward slash support. It's the merch section where you can also get a dope coffee mug. I have coffee mugs with the brand new redesigned Spun Today logo on one side and the tagline that I end every show with on the other, which is start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. The mug is available in both black and white because we don't discriminate here at the Spun Today podcast. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash support and check out the merch section. You can support the Spun Today podcast by checking out my writing. You can go to spuntoday.com forward slash free writing and check out some of my free association writing, which is intended to be some cathartic free writing, but oftentimes doubles down as motivation for myself and others. 
at sponsorday.com forward slash short stories. You can read a bunch of the different short stories that I've written and actually listen to the audiobook versions of those short stories there as well. Another way you can help support my writing is by going to spuntoday.com forward slash books and checking out what I have in store for sale. Digital copies are available in all formats, whether it be Kindle, iBooks, or a different type of e-reader. You can also purchase paperback copies if that's your preferred reading method. Currently available, I have my nonfiction, Make Way For You, which is a collection of freely written thoughts that were curated and put together as tips for getting out of your own way. Also available is my debut time travel novel titled Fractal. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash books to show your support. Support the Spun Today podcast by following me on social at Spun Today on Twitter, at Spun Today on Instagram. Please also check out and like my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Spun Today and subscribe to my YouTube page as well. On my YouTube page, not only will you get these full length episodes, but you'll also get to check out some chopped up clips and bonus content. To get to my YouTube page, just search Spun Today on YouTube or click on any of the YouTube icons on the footer of my website. Also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening. It really does help. The Spun Today newsletter is available to each and every one of my listeners absolutely for free. All you have to do is go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. What I'm going to do is brighten up everybody's least favorite day of the week by delivering five curated things within my weekly newsletter every Monday at noon. You're going to receive a photo of the week, a recommended podcast of the week. I listen to tons of podcasts from an array of varied interests. I cherry pick the very best ones so that you can check them out. I also share a video of the week, which can be anything from a tasty recipe to a dope rap battle to an enlightening TED talk. I also share a quote of the week. And finally, for my fellow wordsmiths out there, a word of the week so that you can step up your vocab. Again, this curated list is yours absolutely free by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and dropping in your email address and you can unsubscribe at any time. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address, and you'll get the very next one. If you want to help support the Spun Today podcast financially, you can do so by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support. Here you'll find a few different ways that you can do so. You can shop on Amazon, but first go to my website, spuntoday.com forward slash support, click on the Amazon banner, which will take you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. It will not cost you anything extra, but I will get credit for driving traffic to their website. Another cool way that you can help support this show is through Patreon, where you can set up reoccurring donations to my podcast, whether it be $1 per show, $2 per show, etc. And depending on how much you choose to pledge, you will receive some Patreon perks in return. Things like free writing pieces, free bookmarks, free digital copies of my books, etc. Again, my Patreon link can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. You can also set up similar reoccurring payments via my Ko-fi page. And if you want to send a one-time happiness bomb donation, if you will, you can do so via my PayPal link. Again, all of which can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. If you're a fellow creative, a cool way that you can help support the Spun Today podcast and actually be part of the podcast is by filling out my five-question questionnaire located at spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. 
Here you'll find the five open questions related to your craft, your art, what inspires you to create, what type of unrelated hobbies you're into, and what motivates you to get your work done. You can choose to remain anonymous or plug your website and your work. And once you submit your questionnaire, I read your responses on a future episode of the Spun Today podcast. It's completely free at no cost to you. And what I like to say about it is that if your responses could potentially spark inspiration in someone else, why not share that? SpunToday.com forward slash questionnaire. And as always, folks, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening. I love you, Aiden. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Grayson. I love you, Daddy.